Talking to Law, episode number nine. Uh, joining me today, as always, Corey Smith. Corey. Uh, Tom, you know what that sound effect means, as it uh, always has. That means yep. we have a live gambling alert. Uh, we have a live gambling alert. Uh, it is currently 3-0 Rays. Uh, I have the Rays a lot of different ways. Uh, I have them on the money line as well as the run line and in a par- couple parlays. So I'm probably going to have to uh, jump out here in just a minute and uh, middle the Astros uh, to hopefully cut down on the losses like I had yesterday. But uh, just wanted to let you know that's what's going on over here. And there it is, folks. That's kind of how we do our um, strategies financially um, when it comes to GPS financial strategies. It's just kind of staying in tune and seeing what we get. Uh, in the process of you giving that update, Astros hit one of the warning track and looks like the Rays are out of the inning. So we'll see how. You- oh, thank see- God! Oh, we'll let <laughs> it go one more inning. Yeah. So we'll see how <laughs> we fare here. Um, but look, episode nine, man. Uh, first thing uh, before we dive into kind of a weekend recap of what's going on, uh, our Instagram page got a little bit uh, more sexy over the past weekend. Uh, we got a little, a few more graphics. Makes it look kind of like we. Uh, like we know what we're doing. We actually, we still have no, no idea what we're doing. Uh, when we actually have a media relations person who has somewhat of a clue how to make, uh, our picks appealing per se. Yeah. Uh, so in classic doc in the law style, we bring on a, uh, media slash public relations slash digital marketing expert. Uh, she's got multiple degrees uh, in communications, although you wouldn't know it cause she can't spell Phoenix. <laughs> uh, and she can't spell. And she can't spell Cincinnati. Uh, you know, she's a she's a communications major, not a ge- geography major. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's it actually looks awesome. Hopefully, everybody will go in there and check it out. Doc and the Law Pod on Instagram, um, and that's how we'll be sharing a lot of our picks. Uh, I think it looks slick, really cool. Uh, she also had a fire post about the battle for Pennsylvania on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which we'll get to that in a little bit, but the Eagles are just absolute just dump. Um, anyway, but uh, no, we're glad to have her on the team. The team is expanding and uh, hopefully moving towards uh, docking the law worldwide. Hey, that's, that's the goal. Like you said, ultimate goal is for us to do this uh, full-time, all the time, and just uh, – if this becomes a way we can financially support our families and our lifestyles as uh, invested sports fans, uh, that would be great. But for the time being, we got to stick to our day jobs. Uh, oh, well. Uh, but as we were mentioning at the top, uh, baseball. Baseball is hot right now. Speaking of hot, uh, your Atlanta Braves are uh, looking looking pretty good heading into the next round. Uh, anything uh, you see from baseball? I watched a little bit over the past weekend. I know the Braves get their series started with the Dodgers here this evening. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Hopefully the Braves can keep cooking like they have been. Uh, you're more of a baseball guy than I am. You see anything coming up, especially uh, here this evening? Yeah, I mean, so I think we talked about it last week, but I've gotten, you know, these baseball playoffs, this is as, as involved as I've been, obviously because the Braves are playing. And that is like, that's like my number one team of all sports. You know, we, we had this conversation about the Falcons, which by the way, breaking news for the Falcons, uh, in case you didn't know, last night, Dan Quinn, Thomas Dimitrov, Everybody's out. Raheem Morris is the interim coach. Um, you know, we're all singing the Hallelujah Chorus down here as Falcons fans because we're finally underneath the uh, the thumb of Dan Quinn just pinching us into losses. But, uh, yeah, the Braves are, are my squad. And um, so I'm obviously dialed into baseball. I, I, I do like 
the Rays in this series. Obviously, they're already up 1-0, um, and they're up 3 to nothing in game two right now. Um, but, but I will say I'm not as optimistic about the Braves in our series against the Dodgers. Uh, a couple reasons is I think a lot of our quality pitching is lefty or lefties. I know, like, Max Freed is going tonight. The Dodgers destroy left-handed pitching. So I'm a little bit nervous about that. I'm also just a little bit nervous about, like, it's just kind of the been there, done that factor, you know? I mean, we got these guys, Acuna and Albies and Austin Riley and Dansby Swanson and guys that we're counting on for big-time production who have just – they've never been in a spot like this. And, I mean, it doesn't, you know, take a a rocket scientist to go down the Dodgers lineup and they are just chock full of guys who have been there, done that. So – Right now, if you want to get involved, the series price on the Braves and Dodgers, the Braves are sitting here right now at plus 190 for the series. Uh, for the game tonight, they're sitting plus 125 on the money line. I will say, despite all my fan pessimism, uh, I actually do like the Braves tonight. And the reason I like the Braves is because if they destroy left-handed pitching, we destroy right-handed pitching. We also destroy guys who lead with their fastball, which Walker Bueller is definitely that guy throwing the four-seamer, you know, like 70% of the time, I think. So, I like the Braves tonight. I like over eight in that game as well. Um, I also obviously like the Rays here as the Astros go live to plus three and a half. So, I'm probably going to jump on that real quick. But, uh, yeah, I like the Rays. I want to like the Braves, but it's just for the series, I don't know how I feel about it. I'll probably just play it game by game. But uh, I actually do like the Braves tonight in game one. All right, there's uh, your game one preview for this evening. Uh, Braves-Dodgers should be fun. I know I'll be tuned in. Um, but, of course, there's always football on Monday night, so uh, we'll get jump into that a little bit later. Uh, we can move on to another sport, basketball. Thank you for your service. See you around. Uh, Lakers win by 100,000. Uh, LeBron is officially uh, the worst. Um, I mean, I he is the worst. Dude. I mean, it's worse. he. I think some video came out of him saying, basically, you want know, the camera, say something now, say something now. And you're like, dude, get out of here. And then some post came out, Darren Ravel, who is uh, – do, do, do with Darren Ravel what you will. He just made some some post about he did it for himself. Or he did it for L.A. Oh, he did it for God, social change. I and I saw about. it and I wanted to vomit uh, in the midst of me reading it. So, do with that what you will, whatever he said. So, uh, basketball's done. Thank goodness. Uh, see you around. Uh, moving on. Uh, NHL for agency. We like to be here at Doc of the Law, a uh, worldwide podcast where we talk about everything. Uh, in the midst of us about talking about NHL for agency, uh, Rays get another base hit. They got first and second, no outs. So, let's Rays go. Let's Rays. go. Let's go. I'm holding off on the middle, by the way. This nice. is, I'm absolutely biting my nails. Because there's nothing worse than holding off on a middle and then you lose out on it, kind of like what happened last night. We'll get to that. Yep. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, no, so we'll um, move on to NHL for agency. Uh, we are, again, a all-sports podcast. Uh, we are pro-predators podcast here on Doc of the Law. Uh, NHL for agency, if you don't really pay attention to hockey, it's, it's a bit wild at times uh, just because, uh, yes, superstars can get things done for your hockey team, but it's also about those – fourth-line guys, third-line guys, especially third-line D guys who can make a difference in between a, a cup run towards the – in the postseason or missing out on the playoffs. And so, um, it's just wild to watch. You can – especially free agency when it opened this past weekend, uh, where guys go. And you just kind of – you have to pay attention to where everybody goes because you're rarely going to see these big-name guys uh, leave town 
But you're going to see like these, again, these third line guys, maybe some second line guys uh, go elsewhere and see what they can do for a hockey team. But we'll dive more into that when the hockey season started. I want to just get that out of the way how uh, I think NHL – people talk about NBA free agency is kind of crazy. I, I would venture to say NHL free agency is one of the crazier things. Um, anything with that, I, know, no, I really agree. Keep I, up with it. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I've kind of been on the periphery of this. I've been more dialed into baseball and obviously football. I've been kind of on the periphery of this NHL free agency thing. But just as we were talking about it, I'm sitting here looking at some moves that have been made. And the really interesting thing is, is like every offseason, it seems like if you're as dialed into hockey as we are, and if you're as dialed into hockey as you are, say football or basketball, Dude, it's the equivalent of like if Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis were to change teams every offseason. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, like Taylor Hall, this guy's changed teams. He is one of the top ten hockey players in the league. He's changed teams three times in four years. Craig Smith, who is a top 50 guy forward for the Predators, our Predators, they let him go. Thank you for your service, Craig. He's a, he's a strong American. But uh, he goes to the Bruins. People in Boston are talking about this as their favorite signing in years. I'm like, dude, he was a third-string winger for us. I don't really – you know, but it's like Hen Henrik Lundqvist got Mr. New York. He retires. All of a sudden, the Capitals sign him. Tory Krug, you know, the top defenseman in Boston for years. This guy's going to the Blues. So, it's just like huge names move around. And it's kind of one of these deals where you're like, you know, it's fantasy hockey season all of a sudden. And then you're like, holy shit, this guy plays for who? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and, and it's really cool. So, we'll try to kind of – keep our finger on the pulse of that and keep the people dialed in as we go. But, yeah, already some big moves as the uh, free agency has gone on. Yep. And uh, speaking of uh, some big moves, uh, you got any moves golf this weekend? Yeah, actually. So, uh, you know, we're well, like we said last week, we're kind of trying to get into it earlier and earlier every week when the odds open. Um, just to kind of recap last week, I thought we actually had a not-so-bad week. Our top pick was Matthew Wolf. Uh, the dude went, I think, four under on the last six holes yesterday to get into a playoff uh, and then ended up losing to this Martin Laird douchebag who just pulled it out of his ass to even get into the playoff. He 17th hole, he hits it like on the other side of some trees. It hits the cart path. He makes a 40-footer for par, and then he birdies the 17th hole to win the playoff. Anyway, so Matthew Wolf ends up losing by one stroke. So our top play almost cashed. At twenty-five to one last week, um, you know some of our secondary plays: Joachim Neiman, uh, Maverick McNeely totally let us down, missed the cut. But uh, Joachim Neiman, Brant Snedeker, um, some of those guys had a nice weekend. So moving on this week, it's actually one of the limited field events, the CJ Cup, which was supposed to be in Korea, but obviously because of the pandemic, got moved back to the United States. So they're actually playing at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. It's a Tom Fazio design. This is like one of the most private courses in the world. You may remember this is where Tiger and Phil played the match a couple years ago, that like gambler's dream event that was a total freaking boner kill letdown. Anyway, um, so they're playing at Shadow Creek. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't know much about the course uh, because there hasn't really been any events played here. Uh, the only thing I know is that Dustin Johnson has the course record here, and I know that this is kind of a course where you got to be able to drive the ball well. Here's what I'll tell you. The, the stats I've looked at so far, looking at the odds that came out, obviously I'm looking at Bovada. Uh, it should be no shocker to anybody who knows me that I'm going with Xander Shopley this week. That is going to be where I start the ticket. That's going to be where I end the ticket. You know, usually I spread it across four or five guys. I think I may actually focus it in a little more this week. 
I actually got Xander right when he opened this morning. He was at 20 to 1. He's already down to 14 to 1. Um, so I pounded Xander pretty hard outright to win. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not going to go much further than to say Xander Shopley is my pick to win this week. If you had to press me on two or three other guys, obviously Dustin Johnson loves Shadow Creek. He has the course record there. He's been hot. I think he kind of fade Dustin Johnson. I think he's a guy who gets a little disinterested at times. Um, Justin Thomas, he loves this event. He won it last year. He plays well out there as well. Uh, I just don't see Justin Thomas winning this tournament. A couple guys I would look for a little deeper in the field. I think Patrick Cantley, he's playing well. He had a good week last week. He was one of the names we mentioned as well. He loves Las Vegas. Uh, you know, from everything I've read, he loves this course. He's sitting at 25 to 1. Another one you may want to play. Another guy we played last week, Joachim Neiman. If he can start making putts, this guy can go as low as anybody. Last I saw, he's at 66 to 1. And then if you want to dig a little deeper into the field, excuse me, Joachim Neiman's already moved to 50 to 1. Um, I also like Daniel Berger this week. Uh, last I saw, Daniel Berger sitting around 35 to 1. And then if you want to dig real deep into the field, uh, Kevin Nod, 100 to 1 is probably pretty good value. And then another guy who's been playing pretty good golf recently uh, is Cameron Champ, who obviously can hit it 100 miles. Um, I like him as well. So uh, pretty much my ticket's going to start and end with Andrew Shopley this week. I'm just going to hammer him and then use some of these uh, bigger price guys we talked about in some props. But uh, we'll have all this going up on the Instagram later this week. Good stuff, man. Uh, before we dive into uh, some football reactions from this past weekend, we'll give uh, a few little Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night football things. Oh, um, quick grill and chill for you. Uh, just came up with this off the top of my head, and I kind of thought about this last night. Grill or chill, COVID-19 pandemic's the worst thing ever. <laughs> so, first off, before we go any further – uh, let's just say we had a little contractual dispute. So just to let the listeners in, we had a little contractual dispute with our friends, Dairy Queen. Uh, a little bit of question of whether we can actually be using Dairy Queen in the podcast, being that they don't actually give us any money. We'll just go on record and say that right now. However, it doesn't change the fact that we've given a lot of business to Dairy Queen. Yes, we love we Dairy Queen. Yes. So with that being said, we're proud to present our most popular segment every week, uh, which is Grill and Chill, brought to you by Dairy Queen. Whether you need those summer eats or those cool treats, it's getting into the fall. They got the burgers. They got the chicken fingers. And, Tom, tell them what happens if they don't flip that blizzard upside down. It's free, especially the Halloween trick-or-treat. I forgot the name of the blizzard they got now, but it's got every kind of Halloween candy you want in it. But if they don't flip it, it's free. It's free, baby. So we're proud to present Grill and Chill brought to you by Dairy Queen. So interesting question that you say that because what I thought about was, you know, this has created one of the most sports dense times that you're will gonna, ever exist. You're going to steal my take. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is, it's never going to happen again. Now, with that being said, obvious disclaimer, COVID sucks. Everybody hates COVID. COVID's terrible. We want a cure for COVID. We want a vaccine. We want whatever makes COVID stop being a bad thing. However, I'm not going to steal your take. All I will say is before COVID – I didn't know hardly anything about horse racing. And now I'm an avid horseman. I would say it straight up. I'm an avid horseman. Taking a little break here for the next couple of months, just kind of focus in on, on football and, uh, and other sports. But COVID brought me to horse racing, and I cannot be mad about that. But I will let you take your take because I know exactly where you're going. You know exactly where I'm going because we're sitting here and it's 
what, mid-October. And usually on a normal season, normal year, we get that, was it, 14 straight days of football, whatever. But because of COVID testing and rescheduling issues, we're sitting here as a pro, we love football podcast. We're getting 12 straight days of it here in mid-October, which your boy has zero complaints about because you got Monday Night Football tonight, Saints and Chargers. Tomorrow you get the Tuesday Night Football, Bills, Titans. Wednesday, because of rescheduling, App State's playing Louisiana. And then Thursday night football cranks back up. Friday, Saturday, and we're off and running, man. And then Mac's gonna come, the Mac's gonna come back, and Max is gonna be wide open. And someone made a great point. You know what the Max should do? Max should just. I think like every team's playing like on first three, four weeks. They're all playing their games Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They should kick off at like two p.m. Like on a Tuesday. I mean, why not? Why not? <laughs> Sit here and I mean, people are gonna watch. No, no doubt about it because. We, we all missed out on March Madness because you know, sure's, sure's the world. When March Madness goes on, we're not working. You're going to sit, you're going to claim you're doing stuff behind your computer, but we're all, we are all locked in on scores, whatever's going on, our picks, our brackets. So we missed, missed out on March Madness. So we gave that work back to our jobs. So now we, Ooh, we great point. We gave that work back, but now they owe us something. So this is our time. I, I'm, I say that because, again, like you said, COVID-19 sucks. It's awful. We need to get it figured out here soon. But, man, uh, I got plans tomorrow night, tonight, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Oh, we keep going? No way. Get out of here. It's not the worst. So Here's what I would like to know. What I would like to know is the urologists have got to be hurting this year because I have heard that the two days before the NCAA tournament, more vasectomies are done in the United States than like the like the previous four months combined. Because all the guys want to go home and sit on their bag of frozen peas and watch basketball and not have to go to work. Yep. So my question is, if Maxion kicks off November fourth, will November third have more vasectomies than any day in the history of mankind? <laughs> <laughs> because, because yes, because of Mac football in the election, we're getting vasectomies. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no more children because everyone will be having vasectomies because yep. they want to stay home and watch action on November 4th. You got that right. You got that right. I'm really invested in politics. No, I just want to watch Bowling Green play Kent State at 1 o'clock on a Tuesday. That's what I want. You're, you're a true degenerate if you're willing to cut off your reproduction line in order to be able to stay home and bet – Eastern Michigan minus six and a half at 4 p.m. on November 4th. <laughs> you, got that, you, got, you got that right. But hey, but you'll, no judgment. No judgment at all, man. We're all trying to chase winners. Um, speaking of winners, we're going to dive into football this past weekend and kind of a recap. Uh, Saturday for me was not the best. Uh, some of my worst calls off the bat. I think we both had some pretty rough call. Well, excuse me. I, we had a rough call. With Virginia Tech, woof! What what were they doing, dude? That was brutal. Which, by the way, I'm not a big fan of this. Five minutes into the first quarter, you just find out they're down 15 guys. Oh yeah, sports. give me a break! What yeah. is this, dude? Come on, like let some people know what is going on. I mean, you guys remember I sent that text? I was like, WTF? They're down 15 guys. Like I was sitting here hitting Twitter on refresh right before the game started, trying to find out if anybody's down. And there was nothing until halfway through the first quarter when they've already given up 28 points. Yeah. And then uh, along with that, they hadn't, they're not playing Hendon Hooker, who uh, Colin Wilson said on the Action Network podcast was last year one of the – was ranked second in the country in accuracy. And he is apparently up to par conditioning-wise 
why is Hinton Hooker not on the field? Uh, dude, that that was mind blowing. I had Virginia Tech in every parlay, every teaser. I mean, that absolutely just crushed me right from the start. So that's all our Virginia Tech talks. That was that was a disaster for both of us. Another one of my my worst calls. Uh, I don't want to give them the time of day, but Mississippi State. What the hell was that? Oh man, I tried to talk you <laughs> I out. I know of you it. tried to, but I didn't think that Mississippi State would throw six interceptions and probably should have thrown nine interceptions, and they score two points, two freaking points. And you're the only, air raid. only because the punter from Kentucky snapped the ball literally 40 yards through the back of the end zone. Uh, that's all Mississippi State time gets. Um, I think some of our uh, and I bet on Western Kentucky. Uh, I don't know why. Ooh, that's embarrassing. Whatever. I think we kind of we kind of dove in. Me and you both dove in a little bit too deep in the Alabama game. We'll we'll get in that in a second. But let's first uh, talk about uh, Oklahoma Texas. I actually my plan worked. Uh, I took Oklahoma money line. And then the second Oklahoma got up 14 nothing. I took Texas plus 11 and a half. Uh, shockingly, I just needed Oklahoma to win the game in overtime. But, man, that was a bad football game. Bad. It really was. I, I saw a lot of people talking about uh, – which, by the way, big for overtime that that overcashed. I mean, because yeah. it, it didn't cash in regulation. That was no. bizarre. Um, but I will say, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, man, this Texas-Oklahoma game, what a great game. That's one of the worst football games I've ever seen. There was like six turnovers in the first quarter, penalties everywhere, which is why the damn game took so long, plus all the touchdowns. Nobody was tackling. Sam Ellinger got no help. That's exactly what we said was the case. They literally put the whole – I mean, Greg Jennings. Like, he put the whole team on his back. I, like, they have wasted this kid. What a legend he is, dude. And I hope they put a statue outside of Daryl Royal Stadium. But, like – I mean, it, it was a garbage football game. Luckily for both of us, we hit Oklahoma money line, we hit Texas live, and we hit the over. Um, but yeah, it was an awful football game. I think both these teams are fades going forward. The rest of the, I mean, the Big Twelve is a dumpster fire, dude. Like, who knows what's going on? Iowa State. Luckily, we both were on that, you know, pretty early in the week. That line actually dropped, so I got it at twelve and a half and ten and a half right before kick. I cashed both of those. I will tell you, I do think one of my worst picks of the weekend, and this is another high-profile game that we can talk about, did you in any way, shape, or form see Miami just getting manhandled no, the way not, they did? No, no chance. I did not see that coming. Maybe Dabo has been using 10% of the playbook for two weeks, but I don't know what defense played against Virginia, but that was a different group of dudes than played against Miami. Unbelievable. I thought about maybe taking Clemson live at some point during that game, but I just – I kept thinking Miami's offense would wake up, but I think that they, it was just a knockout punch, and uh, and they just absolutely just looked terrible. Yeah. Um, which I'll put a lot of that on Clemson, but man, I, Miami's got a long way to go until they're ready to win the ACC. Uh, I didn't see that coming, but you know, it looks like a collision course uh, with Clemson, Alabama. We'll dive in Alabama in a second. Uh, first, uh, I had the Gators. You had the Aggies. That was one of the better games in the eleven o'clock slate. Um, I was on the losing side. You were on the winning side. Congratulations. Uh, I thought we were both pretty pretty accurate there towards our uh, capping of the game. But I will say this. Second half, and me and you both have offensive line experience, that A&M offensive line took over. And once, A &M, once A&M started running the ball, it was a whole different game. And right. one of our friends on GPS in, in the, the GPS financial strategies group, 
uh, Eric Peterson pointed out, Florida's soft. And when I finally could tune into that completely in the midst of me tuning into Texas A&M, I mean, excuse me, Texas and Oklahoma, uh, man, that Florida, Florida front looks soft. And I think that once A&M got the ground game going, uh, they took a little pressure off Kellen Mond. Uh, you saw a different A&M team. And I saw a schedule, rest of the schedule for uh, A&M. They'll be favored in the rest of their football games. So, Oh, I agree. Uh, you have a team like – I mean, sure, Alabama holds a tiebreaker, but Alabama slips up one time. Uh, oops. So, I, I, I don't see Alabama slipping up. Uh, we'll talk about – we'll get into more of a preview of the weekend with them. Play, they play Georgia Saturday. But uh, that A&M game, it was a good game. I hate I lost it, but um, it just mucks up the SEC a little bit more. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, we talked about it last week, but I think that second half was the moment where I think Jimbo Fisher realized, like, this is it, man. Like, if I don't win a signature game, which, by the way, they said it was in front of 30,000. That looked like about 75,000. I'll, I'll agree with Dan Mullen on that one. But uh, I, if they didn't wake up and win that game, I mean, Jimbo Fisher might be on the way out. I think that spread that second half. Uh, Spiller, Isaiah Spiller running the ball like a grown-ass man. That probably turned their season around. Uh, another thing I will comment on, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because neither of these teams deserve our time, uh, but the the finish in Auburn, Arkansas. Get out of here, man. No, no. Uh, let me just let everybody <laughs> in. Uh, if, you, if you check out my Action Network, you'll see that I had a parlay of Navy money line, Boston College money line, Kansas State money line, Texas A&M money line, and Arkansas money line. This was going to pay, if I had bet, this was going to pay plus 46,121. So I was, if I had won the bet, I was going to make 175 units based on what I bet, okay? All I needed was Arkansas to win the game, to close out the parlay, for 175 units on a less than half a unit bet. Mm. And the damn refs took it right out of my pocket. I, you can hear the pain in my voice. Oh, I would have quit for the year. I would have had 175 freaking units. But the refs took it out of my pocket. And then not only did they take it out of my pocket, they came back the next day and said that it was a fumble. And had they let Arkansas dive on it, it would have been Arkansas's ball. Arkansas dove on it. Oh, we, I don't. We're sick. Dude, I can't. I can't get too much into it because my hatred for Auburn plus my hatred for those refs is going to become it's something. Stupid, it's a stupid stadium. Anything dumb that you can't get happen is going to happen in that dumb stadium. And oh. you I mean you feel for everyone except for Auburn. Because I, I don't feel anything for Auburn except hatred. I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't like Auburn. If he you're listening threw, and you like Auburn, so that's for, fine. So he, fu- so he fumbles twice. He technically – so we're sitting here and I'm watching the game, me and my wife, and I'm watching it, and she hates Auburn than both me and you combined. So she's fear- she gets more fired up for that game than she did the Alabama game. And so he fumbles a snap and it, he f- hits his hands and hits the ground. Okay, we fumble the snap. That's first fumble. And he picks it up and he throws it behind himself. That's number two fumble. It shouldn't matter if he spiked it. If he if so if he's in shotgun and he snap and he just turns around and throw and throws the ball as hard as he can to twenty yards back, is that a spike? It's still a fumble. Uh, and then the SEC, like you said, has the audacity to send out that stupid statement. Well, Arkansas didn't have a clear recovery. If they had a clear recovery, no, you just know you screwed up. So you now you you admitted you screwed up enough to where you screwed up again. So now. Uh, we're sorry for you, Arkansas. If I was Sam Pittman, I would have lost my mind. 
first and second off, someone made a great point. Sam Pittman has those guys in Fayetteville believing they can win for the first time in several That's years. That's the truth. That's so, the truth. I, I, I'm interested to see here. I think I don't know who Auburn plays this weekend. I really I don't care. care. I don't care. Uh, I'm going to so, bet against them, but whatever. Who cares? I will say this. If anybody was paying attention to the Instagram, the eight-team the eight round-robin money line parlay that went out, paid, brother. Nice. We hit five of the eight, and if Arkansas would have hit, we would have paid big time. Almost made up for losing that other parlay. Um, but so, well, that's something we'll try to do every week, put out some money line dogs. We actually hit five of the eight. A uh, couple of the big ones, uh, we hit Boston College. Uh, again, Boston <laughs> College, duh, 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 the, my, my Eagles, my Eagles cash. We're going to ride them until they quit, eat baby. Shit, eat shit, Pitt. Because that, <laughs> that guy hits a 58-yard bomb to send it to OT, and then he shakes a PAT. Uh, hey, whatever, take what you can get nowadays. But we'll take what we can get. We we also cash Navy. We cash Kansas State. We cash Texas A&M. We cash Eastern Carolina. So, a lot of big money line dogs we cashed on Saturday. And then, Tom, we moved on to Sunday. And it right, was, first we move uh, a bloodbath. First we go to Sunday. Anything from Georgia, Tennessee? I thought Georgia asserted their dominance uh, there in the second half. Uh, oh, I thought I thought it was what we thought. I think I think they are who we thought they were. Right, both teams. Yeah. I mean, I think they are who we thought they were. Tennessee is a team who has gotten a lot better. Garantano is not the quarterback who's ever going to beat a Georgia team with a defense that that's good. Their offensive line is not good enough to handle that defensive front. They're just not ready. I mean, they're a really good team in the SEC East, but they're not ready to handle Georgia on the road, even with a small crowd. And Georgia showed that in the second half. Um, hope everybody got some live Georgia action at halftime like I did. But, I mean, it, it, it just – I would have been shocked if that game would have continued the way it was in the first half. But I think the second half was just kind of predictable. Yeah. And then our last game we kind of touch on – um, sorry if we missed one. There's a lot happening this weekend. Uh, but the Big 12 showed their evil head in Oxford, Mississippi, Saturday night. What the hell was that? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I, I, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of talk going on. I guess Dylan Moses thought they were still in signs. Kiffin tweeted back and was like, how are we still in signs when we call the play before you call your play? I mean, I, I don't know what broke out, but uh, you're right. It was a Big 12 football game, and we all got out of there unscathed, luckily. That was uh, someone uh, who – Bruce Freeman put an awesome stat out, basically that Alabama got every yard possible except for 47, which is nuts. At 11 drives, they fumbled the one and they punted one time. Uh, what a bonkers game. I think the title to get their defense figured out in typical Saban fashion. They may be out for blood Saturday, uh, Saturday night actually on CBS, so it should be, should be fun and close. But we'll dive more into that. Um, really didn't hold, have a whole lot of takeaways. Uh, I will say, again, we watched, we, I watched offensive line play a little bit more. I thought both offensive lines imposed their will. This is Alabama and Ole Miss. Man, you've got some big boys on Alabama's defensive line, and Ole Miss uh, was running between the tackles with ease. Ease, which is not good when uh, Georgia's offensive line comes rolling in the post-close on Saturday. Uh, I think Saban looking right, as he's shown in the past, when they have kind of a – a letdown game on defense, uh, but we'll see. I think it's something we're going to dive into more. That was our kind of takeaway from Ole Miss. Let's see, Alabama got out alive. Uh, looks like still Alabama's on a closing course uh, for Clemson in the national championship. But first, they got to play the Bulldogs of Georgia on Saturday. Uh, but speaking of bloodbaths, Sunday was a bloodbath. I finished green in a shocking turn of events uh, last night with a teaser hit with the Seahawks. Uh, had them at minus half. 
and I threw my phone last night when they didn't get a two point conversion. I thought I had him at minus one and a half, but I had him at minus a half. So uh, <laughs> it was electric here in the gray household. Uh, we can dive into a few plays here, man. Just tip, but a ch- in our typical fashion, uh, whatever you win on Saturday, you give back on Sunday. In my case, I lost Saturday, but got it back on Sunday. Well, uh, that's called the reverse GPS. Uh, I will tell you, so I'm scrolling through my action network from Sunday. Uh, you know, a couple teasers and parlays that got busted with one or two here and there. Uh, did pretty well in the early slate of games. Hit some team totals, Arizona, Jets under. And uh, right on cue, the Rays get a ground ball to get out of the inning. And uh, it stays 3 nothing Rays. Moving on. <laughs> uh, uh, but I actually kind of broke even in the early games. And then I don't know what possessed me. But I felt really good, clearly, about the 49ers and the Colts. Whoa. And I took I took the Niners minus seven. I posted that play. I took the Niners minus, <laughs> minus 13 and a half. I took the minor, Niners minus nine and a half. I took the Colts minus two and a half, six and a half, nine and a half. I took, the under, I took the under in the Colts game. I took <laughs> the team total under in the Dolphins game. I took San Francisco at halftime, plus 14 and a half, and I got Slaughterhouse. Jimmy Garoppolo just absolutely snuck into my house, took my cookie jar, emptied it, and left. I, they just – San Francisco and the Colts just absolutely cleaned my clock. And then in a classic this-is-why-we-play moment, I took the Vikings and the under in the late game. Nice. It was looking like I was going to blow that, so I took the Seahawks live. I was looking like I was going to make a small profit coming down to the last drive of the game, watching the baseball game at the same time, and I said, F it. It's just money. <laughs> I, made a, I made a massive live money line bet on the Seahawks at plus 250 and a massive bet on the baseball game to stay under five runs. I cashed both of them simultaneously nice. and then had to figure out a way to not scream at the top of my lungs and wake up a sleeping baby. Nay. All no. I could think was – this is why we play. Yep, this is why I play. <laughs> so late so Sunday, anyway, I ended up – I still lost 20 units on the day. Nah, well, it, that, those last two definitely made up for the hardship. The hardship you felt for 12 straight hours. A hundred percent. But I will say, it's exhausting losing money for eight hours. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Exhausting. Uh, real quick, deep dive. We talked about the Falcons. See you never. Their over was hot, smelly garbage, no chance. Uh, you were on the Eagles. I was on the Steelers. Uh, Steelers made it close. Uh, excuse me, Philly made it closer at the end. Uh, Steelers pulled away, so I got a winner there. Uh, we both had Houston minus three in the first half, and thankfully Jacksonville can't make a field goal to save their lives. And it was like a, it was you know those push when you get a push, but it feels like a win. That's what that was. A hundred percent. I mean, for him to miss both those field goals, that was unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, but uh, I mean. Like we've we've done fairly well in the NFL when it comes to teasers and par- especially teasers. Uh, hit my teaser yesterday. Um, I will say this: games that I, I wouldn't invested in. Man, the Raiders looked good against the Chiefs yesterday. I mean, that was a, a high scoring affair. Uh, but the Raiders looked good. It was great seeing Alex Smith. Man, you want to talk about a goosebumps moment? Him going in after watch. I watched a special on him. Uh, his whole leg issue, man. But then seeing him go in. Uh, he didn't play – I think he averaged like two yards per attempt. I think he was like 9 of 17 for like 30 yards, which is not great. Um, the Jets continue to be a fade. Uh, what Every number, week. What number would it take for you to bet the Jets? 
Oh, man. Uh, let's just set up the ideal scenario where I would be betting the Jets. Let's have them be playing the Falcons. Oh, no, because I'm not getting involved. I'm not getting involved with any more Falcons games. Who's another Ofer team? Uh, Giants. Let's just – the Giants. Yeah. Okay, perfect. The Battle of New York for – the Battle for Trevor, which hopefully the Falcons are going to get involved in. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so let's say the Giants are playing the Jets. If the Jets were catching – 17 and a half, I would bet them. Yep. I would bet the Jets to catch 17 and a half against another Ofer team. Any other circumstance, I will not bet the Jets. Although, I have found a sneaky way to get value on the Jets because, you know, minus seven with the Cardinals just felt a little, I don't know, felt a little like like something weird could happen and they could not win by a touchdown because it's the Cardinals. So, what I ended up doing was I took the Cardinals team total over and I took the Jets team total under and if both those cash, I get minus seven anyway, but it kind of was almost like a middle without playing the line, and yeah. I ended up cashing both. So what I'm probably going to do is bet Jets team total under indefinitely until something else happens or Darnold comes back. Yeah. Um, anything else from Sunday before we move on to a little Ooh, let me give you a, Let me give you a would you rather. Let me yeah, give you a would you rather. Would you rather bet the Jets – or would you rather bet Kansas at this point in the season? God. Or does it even matter who they're playing? It doesn't matter who Kansas is playing. Uh, gosh. I bet the Jets. Because I have. I think team. I would bet the Jets. Kansas, Kansas is so Kansas bad. Is so hideous. So bad. Also, also for the uh, for the fellow betters out there, uh, we, we may have another Kansas on our hands with North Texas. Because yeah. I took ECU money line and they went on the road, or excuse me, that was South Florida. Uh, yeah. Charlotte beat North Texas forty-nine to twenty-one at North Texas on Saturday. Uh, I think South Florida ECU was a little bit of a fluke, but North Texas may be Kansas two point so we may be fighting North Texas every week as well. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. Monday night football: the Saints sitting at two and two in the empty Superdome take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, right now, Saints are a touchdown favorite. Over-under sitting at 49 and a half. Uh, I'm going to probably look at taking the over. Uh, just I think uh, Herbert has thrown the ball around for the Chargers. Uh, he likes – I think that we're, they're going to have some success up the middle with tight ends with Hunter Henry. He's going to have a breakout game. Uh, New Orleans has shown that they don't do very well covering tight ends. Um, and you know the Saints are going to put up a few points. Uh, and the Chargers defense is uh, – is, is, is awful. So, I'm going to probably – I'm not going to take a side. I'll probably take the, the over 49 and a half. Anything for you from that game? Uh, I'm already on the Chargers uh, plus seven uh, – excuse me, plus seven and a half. I wanted to get it before I lost the hook. It seemed like that – there's less tickets but more money going towards the Chargers, and that's the way the line's moving. Uh, and I'm also – I'm going to play a little opposite than you. I'm going to play the Chargers, and then I'm going to play a teaser with the Chargers and the under, probably play at seven points to get it up above that key number 14, and then uh, take the over up to 50 – or excuse me, the under up to 57. So I'm going to play Chargers plus seven and a half, and I'm going to play a seven-point teaser, uh, Chargers plus 14 and a half and under 57. That'll be my place for Monday night. Moving on to Tuesday night, your team, Tom, Bill's Mafia, uh, taking on the Titans uh, in special edition of Tuesday Night Football. Um, and there was going to be a Patriots game tonight, too, that got canceled, right? 
Yes. And so I guess now they're pushed back to next week. Yeah, so we get Tuesday night football uh, with the Bills and the Titans. Right now they got the uh, Bills as three-and-a-half-point favorites and the total at 53. Where are you going in this one? Uh, I'm probably going to sit sit here. I'm leaning Bills. Uh, But, you know, the Titans have been playing a long time. I'll probably take Bills first half. Uh, That's where I'm looking right now. So, uh, I know it's not real real heavy cap, but I think that's what I'm going to go with. What about you? I I think that's a nice play. I think that's a good angle to take, which is maybe the Titans start slow. I feel like they're kind of a team that starts slow anyway. Uh, If I'm just looking at numbers here, it looks like tickets are split right down the middle, 50-50 on Buffalo and Tennessee. Significantly more money going towards Tennessee, but the line is not moving. So, it may be that that little bit of money on Buffalo is real sharp money. Uh, And then also looking at the total – the under is catching 89% of the money uh, and the total has not moved an ounce. Uh, So this feels like a situation where I'm probably going to end up taking, I I like Buffalo first half and then I'll probably just take the over and cheer for points. I got some fantasy implications on this game anyway. So I'll probably take Buffalo first half and tell you there, I I really like that angle about Tennessee being sloppy. Um, And then uh, I'll probably take the over in that one as well. Take over 53. Okay. Man, uh, that was a longer recap than I anticipated. But, hey, we got it all taken care of. Um, you got anything else before we got here this evening? Uh, go Braves. My Pults will be about 150 to 170 from about 8 till midnight tonight. So, uh, again, Eastern time zones absolutely sucking the life out of me. But um, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully pull for a Braves victory and uh, hopefully get this uh, Astros middle and cash on the raise and uh, keep things moving. Well done, man. And uh, as always, uh, before we get out of here, always remember, life's like a sandwich. No matter what, the bread comes first. See you, buddy. Dark to my eyes have seen the years And the slow parade of fears without crying Now I want to understand I have done all that I could To see the evil and the good hiding you must help me if you can doctor my eyes tell me what is wrong was I unwise to leave them open for so long I have wondered Just where they will I never know